Welcome to Welcome the Gun Show. I am joined by Garrett. Hey, everybody. And Tarek. Good morning, Krusty Crew. <laughs> Krusty Crew. You ascended in neutral. <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't, I don't identify as Krusty. You identify as, um, what's the crawfish's name again? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck knows. <laughs> No, don't Patrick, Patrick, Patrick. Oh, God, SpongeBob. Okay, mm. got it. Eventually, I'm a little bit slow. I'm a lot slow, but I'm a little bit slow. You're pretty slow. So, a uh, little bit of uh, admin before we jump into tonight's topic. Uh, the first one is, of course, Garrett is still offering uh, performance coaching with Gaz. Competitive coaching with Gaz. Yeah, close enough. Competitive close enough. coaching with Gaz. <laughs> Hit him up on uh, on Facebook at uh, Gaz Competitive Shooter or uh, dvctech.co.za. Uh, info at dvctech.co.za, right, Gaz? That's the one. There we go. Mail him over there if uh, you need to get hold of him. Second thing, uh, Zero Mike Bullets. So, same thing as always. Websites up. Bullets are available. Uh, free shipping on orders over 800 rand within South Africa. Multiple calibers. Uh, multiple bullet weights in nine more. 180 grain if you want to shoot 40. 230 grain if you want to shoot 45. Um, so those are the correct weights for those calibers. Yeah. There we go. Come and try the 135 grain nine more. It's very cool. Mm. It is. Cool stuff. We we'll, we should have photos up uh, for those, not too long from now. I'll have time this week to. I was uh, waiting for a photographer. Look at that! Look at all that bullets! Look at that! Yeah, fuck! There goes some. <laughs> anyway, we're gonna, we're gonna have photos of everything except for one <laughs> except for the one that I lost. Um. I mean, it's somewhere over there. It'll come back eventually. If not, there's a couple more. It'll be fine. <laughs> uh, so uh, we're going to talk about the Eastern Gauteng Pistol League, Handgun League that uh, Gaz shot this weekend. We're going to talk about the Eastern Province Shotgun Nationals that uh, T and I shot also this past weekend. And I guess if we can remember anything from the vector match that happened before that, we can talk about that briefly too. Um, I don't remember any of that match. Yeah, you didn't. You did. <laughs> I, I don't remember much of it either, to be honest. That's probably because you might as well start with a vector match. There were there were some targets, there was some shooting, <laughs> and there was some fun. What sort of I, match was it? Do you remember? I won classic. That's like all that matters. Handgun. Was anyone else shooting classic? Yeah. Uh. I'm just all I'm going to say is enjoy it while it lasts. Dun, dun, dun. Cliffhanger. He needs to remember, like the embargo on you shooting uh, production optics. Hmm? If I am to help him keep his gun ru- guns running, he can't beat me at classic. <laughs> uh, Reverse if, he does beat, if he does beat me, we'll fix that by his guns not working. <laughs> Uh, I'm kidding. Competition's always good, dude. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. Competition's always good. Like, pull in. It'll be lacquer to have you back in Classic when you're ready to do that, once you've recovered. Well, guns assembled, 
Gaz just helped me rebuild my holster today so I can rebuild my rig. Gun's working. The trigger's dog shit, but it functions. I, I, I did some tweaking on the extractor today. Um, and you could tell I was gunsmith because I just smashed it into things. Um, and it seems even with my fucking shitty CMC mag, it was working. It even works with my fucking Metgar mags. And those I mean, a lot of that's a... My um, my Metgar mags will work fairly reliably, mm. provided they're loaded to nine rounds. So I've been testing it with 10 rounds. I had I had a malfunction today, which is why I, I tweaked the extractor um, with an old Metgar that had been a bit buggered. I've only shot round nose since I reassembled it. But, I mean, it, it's probably got not a huge amount of rounds, probably got 50, 60 rounds through Metgar mags that have worked. <laughs> I'm shocked. So I, I will give you a word of advice. Mm. When I tried to shoot a match with Metgar mags, oh, no, 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 no. I got fucked hard because they did work absolutely flawlessly for probably 1,500 rounds. And shooting on a range, standing still, shooting at targets. Um, I think if they fed three rounds consecutively in that entire match, yes. it was a lot. <laughs> no, no, no. If anyone feels like sponsoring me some quality nine more single stack magazines, I'll say nice things about you on Welcome to the Gun Show and Facebook. Look at me smiling. And the Look grams? really closely at your device and you'll see me smiling. And the grams? Will you say nice things about them on the grams? I'll, I'll say, uh, I'm not really on the grams much, but I'll, say, I'll even fucking reload Twitter and say nice things there. Would you say nice things about them on uh, OnlyFans? I suppose if you had an OnlyFans, you wouldn't be asking for mags. So exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he'd be receiving mags because <laughs> he'd probably be receiving cease and desist orders if we're being serious. <laughs> Stop getting yeah, your wang. That, that is the current challenge. I have a pile of nine-round cult mags, which are completely useless for the, ma- the game. I mean, those you are can really pretend cool you're shooting mags, though. They're, they're great mags, but a they don't. To put them in the gun with the the mag world, you've got to like kind of. Oh no, no, it's 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 not a match mag. Don't yeah, don't get and, me wrong. Uh, they're great mags. They're just not for that. And they only hold nine rounds. Yeah, that checks out. Don't don't shoot those in the in the match. Even though, if you want to play with uh, major. Um, you can get started by learning to reload quicker. <laughs> Shooting. Uh, or, or, and this is going to sound radical, I could just shoot my major gun. You could do that. And have major scoring. <laughs> oh, no, it's not a good idea to shoot nine rounders in, in that division. But uh, that, that gun is a problem, though, and I curse you and your, and your line for seven generations both ways. Um, because every time I shoot one, I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. I, I don't need to shoot 1911s. Oh, 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 hello, hello. Oh, I don't, it might have had a little jam, but it didn't mean it. It's okay. I, I know how to fix it. Oh, oh, oh. I'm going to ask you one, one question. Has hmm. your lightweight had any problems? Uh, I haven't really shot it much, but no. Yeah. I used to get like a carry halter for it, so I couldn't shoot it from that. So, JM Custom has just released the Enigma Shell Holster, 
uh, he's not paying us for this, but Tony, if you want to pay us for this, please uh, hit us up. Um, so JM Custom Kydex has just started making the Enigma shell, which is just a shell with nothing else on it. No fancy shit other than a claw so that you can attach it directly to an Enigma. For $43. Saves it's money. It's pretty cool. Half the price of any of his other stuff. So yes, I'm going to be ordering one of those very soon. Exactly. Well, those are pretty. Those are pretty cool. Yeah. Mr. Evans, since we can't remember anything about the Vector match, because, like, genuinely, I can't remember. Is this the one where Grant shot... Uh, the 48, yeah. I think we spoke briefly about that match. Yeah, we did. We have, we have actually spoken about that match. Okay. So, we don't need to remember anything else about that match we've spoken about. If you want to know about it, go listen to whichever show that was in. There were <laughs> also- <laughs> They were talking. <laughs> That's just some of the professional coaching you will get from Gaz <laughs> competition shooting stuff and things. I mean, is he wrong though? I don't know. I wasn't there. There were targets. I can confirm there were targets. <laughs> but moving, moving swiftly along from that. Mr. Evans, do you want to tell us about the... Uh, the EG League that you shot this weekend that T-Bag and I sadly had to miss. Yeah, so we, this was uh, EGPSA's third handgun league hosted by Guns at Work. Uh, well, it's their second league hosted by Guns at Work, but their third league of 2021. And it was nicely... Which was hosted, here. comma, which was hosted by Guns hosted at Work. Hosted by, yeah, comma, hosted by Guns at Work. <laughs> um, yeah, punctuation is important. So it was actually a really good match. Eat shoots that, and leaves. Sorry. Uh, it's, it's the difference between let's eat grandma and let's eat and grandma. Grandma. Yeah. <laughs> no, but if you're listening, you can hear my grandma. <laughs> Must listen properly. I'm listening. Listen here, Sonny. <laughs> didn't, you, didn't you hear my comma? It was a grandma. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're putting on some really good leagues that are testing the sport in the a good variety of things and uh, this match went off really well. We got to shoot prone, which is the first time I got a chance to shoot, shoot. prone in a long time. Sorry, he's distracting <laughs> me there. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, they had nice challenging stages. I can't remember the round counts. I think it was like minimum 138. It was really a nice match. Well put together. Good test of a variety of skills. So Variety of skills? Yes, yeah. My English is good. Awesome. So uh, I believe that you won that. Yeah. Good man. Hmm. Nice. Was it was it relatively small? Were there less competitors than usual? Yeah, it was. There were less competitors than usual. Uh, I think Sunday was particularly undersubscribed. Uh, don't know why, but I think it will pick up as word gets out. It might have been because people were away shooting nationals. Yeah, Mission EG, which is like a shotgun strong province. Yes, so that that may have contributed to it. I, I was just wondering because I think I looked at the results and I was like, this seems kind of kind of small, but yeah, you know, no, the numbers were low. So tell us about the match. Helpful. Tell us about the stages. Right? Tell us about the stages. Anything you hated? Anything you loved? I enjoyed the match as a whole. One thing that I need to go work on is that there were quite a few apertures that closed us up. So instead of just being able to freely transition the gun like we used to, we, we sort of would have to move our feet around to get the transition done. 
which was uh, at one point a little bit frustrating, but it just means it's something that I get to go work on. The, okay. the prone stage was a little bit frustrating in the sense that they had put a loose shooting mat in the shooting area. And with it being a level two, you can't really take it out because you don't want it in there. Hmm. So I didn't go prone. I got down very low. But what ultimately happened was that my foot got caught on the shooting mat and I tripped. Oh, that, I, I really, if you're going to have a prone position, either sort of have the shooting mat in there, but make sure that it's fixed to the ground properly or the guys must lie in the dirt, one of the two. When it's loose like that, it's uh, unfortunately hmm. a little bit of a risk in terms of that. You know, and then you've also, because of the shape of the range, it was sort of like a V. And if you imagine the two legs of the V being downrange, you'd go prone at the back of the V, at the back of the range. So a lot of guys sort of chose to go around the V and shoot on either side of the V and then end in the middle of the back of the V in prone, which meant they were running over that, sh that loose shooting mat during the stage, which was another problem as well for slipping. Oh, that's definitely a, a, a slipping and tripping hazard. Yeah. So, but I mean, other than that, it was really nicely done. We had some 150 more plates. Mm, I don't know. So it, I get the feeling that someone didn't shoot in Cape Town recently, hence the 150 more plates, but <laughs> they're, good, they're good to have. Um, we had we had some really nice, interesting short courses. One of them was really nice with a, with a swinger, 12-round uh, stage, if I remember correctly. But Navarre yeah. and I and Andre went through it, and then we basically decided that we were going to go activate a paper target popper and then we'd still have enough time on the swinger which was pretty cool it was nice to play that far out yeah in terms of what we were doing between the swing activation and the swinger coming up it's it's nice shooting with dudes who are uh, as fast as navarre mm. uh because yeah. it gives you i want to say someone to chase because that's the wrong line but uh i think guys are more likely to shoot slightly more risky plans mm. in the presence of dudes that that are that fast I mean, that's why yeah. we shoot risky plans in your presence, Gaz. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's inspiring because you can see that it can be done. And I, mean, I won't do something that I, I know I can't do, but I'm more likely to go, I think I can do this. So I'll give it a good bash uh, if I'm shooting with guys who, who, who push it a little bit. Yeah, Navier is fucking quick. Yeah. yeah, he is. And it's, it also helps when you get to discuss those sort of ideas with guys as well, you know. So, yeah, no, it does. That, and we actually ended up putting two on the activator popper. So as well. Nice. I yeah, mean, so that, that was that's, fun. That's for, I'm not doing that because I don't have the ammo for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, I'm going to run it, the plan that these other dudes run. Ding, 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 ding. As the swinger comes out, I'm like, my gun's empty, I need to reload. Well, that's why you're going to be brave. You're going to do double tap, two plates, target, reload, swinger. Swinger. There we go. That sounds pretty cool. That and it's, I like that. T-Bag, are we going to do that when you start shooting classic again? Yeah. You and me, China. You, Max. You, know, you know what the, the best sort of moving target would be to do that is a steel plate. Because they normally take, out pretty, oh, yeah. take pretty long to come out. Mm. Yeah, because they're so mm. bloody heavy. Mm -hmm. yeah, that'd be pretty cool. And you know where we have a swinging steel plate? Yeah, Vector's got a few. Yeah, there we go. Vector? Uh, uh, Yep, so we can do that. Yeah. I mean, this squad is bringing you one really difficult stage that's going to make you cry at one of the Vector matches. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, that's... Stupid. 
that, that's one thing uh, that we could, that we could talk about quickly, Corn, about that swinger that Grant and I built at the Vector Club shoot. Yes, that I that had to spray was, paint to make it legal. That was an ugly swinger. How does spray painting it make it legal? We made no shoots hardcover with spray paint. Ah, uh, sure. <laughs> yeah, Why level you one. Keep them no shoots, dude. There were. I can't remember how big the stage was, like a 22-round stage or something, something like that. Something like that. Yeah, it was a 20-something rounder. And there were eight no-shoots just on the swinger. So you could zero the stage. stage I would build. You could zero just shooting at the swinger. (laughs) But we we also had to make the no-shoots in front of the swinger hardcover because you put a no-shoot on the swinger. Yes. So there were actually nine shoots in that area. And it, it was a it was a kind of frisky no shoot. I know because I hit it. <laughs> I, I, I I believe the um, German term for that is you are in fact a schwanz. <laughs> You're welcome. I think lots of people thought that. Yeah. Lots of people thought that. Yeah. Let us know if, <laughs> if you enjoyed that swing at the Vector Club shoot. Range two. If you didn't enjoy it, please send your complaints to Gaz. Yeah. If you if yeah, give this show one star. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. That, that that was a nasty swinger. It it yeah. really was, and it had like it had like nice hang time on like the the left right. side of the exposure. Yeah, if you're looking at so when you when oh, we're yeah, looking yeah. at it, it's the right side. So on you the right side, it, it had places. it had a nice hang time. On the left side of the exposure, there was fuck all. You couldn't even see it. And in the middle, you had literally the width of one single board Ipsic target of exposure that it went. Woof, woof. <laughs> what? what savage put this together? Gaz and Grant, <laughs> literally Gaz and, Grant. and then I showed up and I'm like, dude, uh, this is too hard. We've got to turn some of the stuff into hardcover. I wasn't like, we've got to take some of the stuff off, or we've got to like, you know, make a bit of exposure or something. And just like. We just need to make some of this hardcover. To be fair, you could shoot it from more than one position. Yes. One was relatively close, but like the exposure was kind of crappy because it was through the middle of the, the, the hardcover. The other one was a bit more distant, but it had nice hang time. Yeah. So pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah, but the, the EG League was nice. There was a good balance. A lot of the stages had quite a bit of technical movement on it, which was really, really nice to see. Um. I don't think we get enough of that in handgun as, as a general rule. It's sort of run here and shoot there and then run there and shoot there. This one had a little bit more of that technical positioning and, and thought process that you'd have to apply, which was nice. So, no, they're yeah, putting up nice. some really good matches over there. That's good. I saw that. Uh, I saw one of, uh, I think Navar posted it and Albert might have posted it. There was one stage that looked like it was a, a bit of a memory stage. Um, it had a, you had a long skinny shooting box and I think Navarre shot the entire stage in like three steps. Yes. But lots of transitions. Yes. Like lots of remembering exactly where to go with your, your, your next uh, transition point. It looked kind of interesting. And, uh, those kind of stages can be pretty punishing on dudes who don't know how to visualize. Um, yeah. Because or if you, you half a step out. Yeah, exactly. It's like a bit difficult. You shoot the same targets twice and you uh, you miss targets and <laughs> can't see them. And yeah, uh, yeah, and always cool. And are- yeah, no, it was fun. 
they're putting on nice matches there. And then you guys just got back from your shotgun nationals. And I think we must congratulate you both on completing the match. One Shouty McMoon boot finishing a nationals in a plastic hard case foot. And the other one placing second in modified at his first shotgun nationals. Yeah, it, it went okay. Um, Shouty McMoon boot had, uh, he had this intense game face on the entire time. Uh, or at least that's how I described it. Everyone else said he was in major pain, and that's what it was making that face. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like serious concentration to me, but uh, apparently it was it was uh, physical distress. <laughs> there were a few moments where the serious concentration was concentrating and not vomiting down my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Concentration's concentration. It counts. <laughs> I'm putting it down as a win. <laughs> I'm not going to suggest the moon boot as a performance enhancing modification. Not not even on a long like jungle stage. Yeah, especially not on a long jungle stage. Actually <laughs> which went better than I expected, but yeah. Uh yeah, interesting match. Um there was some stuff. There was some on the whole, it, it was, and I'll realist joke aside, it was a better, a much better match than I was expecting. Um, there, there were a couple of things that I think we can learn from. Um, 20 meter close with Buckshot is unfortunately a it's stationary close. Not, we weren't shooting Buckshot in the air before anyone panics. Um, unfortunately, with the nature of, of, of how Buckshot works, at that sort of distance, the holes in your pattern are bigger than your target, um, so there's there's a there's a fair degree of luck in that. Um, so that 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 was something I I think we should do our best to avoid going forward. If we we're going to shoot close with buckshot, it, it needs to be sort of at a distance where the holes in your pattern are not bigger than the clay. Um, there was a twenty two round slug stage, which I to to be Perfectly honest, I had severe misgivings about, um, and it actually turned out to be a really nice stage. Um, it was the longest shot on that was probably 25 meters, um, but it was a very dynamic stage. There was a swinger, there was an opportunity to shoot slugs on the move, there was an opportunity you had to wang some pop. It was as I say, I actually thought sort of a, a small criticism. If I was building the stage, I, I would have given you less opportunity to load. Um, and I think that was the gist of a lot of, a lot of this match gave you, there was no pressure to load, um, which I think is, is just unfortunately the, the nature of, of sometimes when guys don't, don't get everything we're trying to do with a shotgun. Um, but yeah, that, that stage actually worked out far better than I thought it would. Um, it was a it was a fun stage to shoot as well. Uh, I mean, it was painful in Moonboot, but um, I think everyone had a had a good time shooting that stage, uh, sort of running and gunning with the slugs. Now, the the only thing that I didn't like about that stage, hmm. uh, and like genuinely disliked, is that further shot that you were doing where you were effectively shooting back up the range. Mm, that was uh, where they waited for uh, for you to pass that point and then they would let people go in and patch. Mm. Uh, I flat out refused to patch that target until dude had unloaded and show clear because I have run back on stages in, in the past 
to shoot at a target that I realized I forgot. And if you forgot a, star, a target all the way up there, uh, you could potentially be shooting back up into a place where people are now patching targets. Um, but as a shooter, that's even more. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I wouldn't have cared if I ran back and shot up there. It would be their problem. But I didn't want to be up there if someone did run back. Now, yeah. that didn't happen at all. Uh, as far as I'm aware, it definitely didn't happen to, with our squad. But uh, that that made me... A, a smidge uncomfortable. So I was like patching other targets and not those. <laughs> no, that, that, that was our first stage of the match. So that was quite a, um, an eventful way to start the match. Uh, it's a kickstart of notes. Yeah. So we shot the two slug stages first. Um, and the first or the big one, which was the one I was the more concerned about actually turned out to be quite a fun stage to run. Um, so I, yep. I liked that. Um, yeah, sorry, cool. The second slug stage was brutal. Yeah, the second slug stage, I think, was. I, I think it. I'm trying to put this in a. And I'm not. I'm trying not to be. I'm, I'm, I'm not bitching. So before anyone kind of complains, shotgun is, is different. Just like rifle is different. Just like pistol is different. If all you shoot is rifle, um, Designing a pistol match is going to be challenging. If all you shoot is pistol, designing a rifle match is going to be challenging. And if you don't shoot shotgun, designing a shotgun match is challenging because it's not like pistol. Um, it's it's a very it's a very different thing. Um, so I think that 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 stage it it was. I saw a lot of guys sort of bleed lots of points there. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I saw anyone zero it, but I saw a couple of guys shoot, uh, like really struggle on, on that stage. I'm actually going to check the scores and see. Are oh, you checking them? Cool. I was about to do that. Um, we well, saw some I've only guys, got standard open on my gun. We saw some guys who, who were hitting the poppers at the back were a real challenge for some people. And I've got to tell you that on the, the very last pop I shot, I had some difficulties. The other two went down first round immediately, no problem. The last one took a couple of rounds for me to get to it, which is kind of weird because I wasn't doing anything differently. Um, but it it took some uh, that took some 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 persuading from my side to to get it down. Um, so the interesting what? thing on that stage is the winning standard hit factor was a 2.2. Yeah. Uh, the winning um, modified hit factor was a 1.7. Uh, uh, I think Bun won that one because I hit yeah. it. Yeah, I shot a 1.7. Uh, open Devon apparently found a, a spot. He, he managed to shoot, I think, all of the poppers from, from one spot in the back or something. Because he's a normal size human, um, so he, he 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 crushed that stage, and that was a three a three hit factor. So it was a it was a peculiar stage. Um, so yeah, yeah, lots of guys in yeah, our detail the hit the hit the no shoot in the front, including me. Yeah, we had a couple of guys hit the no shoot in the front. There was a no shoot in the middle that was I don't know probably thirty meters away, where you had. Eight inches of target above it. I mean, it was a if that. Yeah, uh, no, it was. It, that was a really that, hard shot. 
So, I mean, with 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 a lot of the bead guns or the way slugs shoot, I mean, in, like in my case, what you had to do is you had to aim at the no shoot, um, and then sort of lob the slug up into the the shoot, which was so which was interesting. I spoke to some dudes about that afterwards who were like, "Why did it take you so long to shoot that target?" And I'm like, "Dude, because my dot." is in the lower third of the no shoot when I'm pulling yeah. the trigger and my brain doesn't want to do it. Yeah. Um, I know it's fine and, and I didn't hit the no shoot. I put it, the round went exactly where I wanted it to go, but the round only went exactly where I wanted it to go because I had a full board to the left of it. Hmm. I shot the full board where I thought would be okay. The round happened to go where I, I wanted it to go and then I knew exactly hmm. where to shoot the the no-shoot target next to it, oh. or the one with the no-shoot target next to it. If that full board wasn't there, I may have gotten lucky, mm. but I would probably have shot the no-shoot. Yeah, that was, I touched the very top of the A on that that target and I was aiming at the no-shoot. Yeah, I shot like a, a, a high-ish Charlie to the right of the, of the A perf line, like, mm. Not far to the right, so it was a little bit, a little bit more to the right than I wanted to put the shot. But there was enough space that uh, I wasn't going to hit the no shoot by accident or accidentally cut it, which it's made me. Good. It's like I'll take a Charlie. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I don't, it's, you know, it's also major scoring. It's four points. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> yeah, it's it's in the targets. It's not in the one below it. And critically, as I watched a lot of other people shoot this, um, it's not over the top. Hmm. There's a lot of people where I think just wow. putting the bead in the middle of that target and they were shooting clean over the top of it. Same thing with the poppers in the back. They were aiming what they thought were on and they were shooting very high into the backstop, um, like clean over the top. And the interesting yeah. thing is you get so fixated on on trying to shoot the thing down, you don't notice where the actual impacts are. <laughs> and it's counterintuitive to not aim. It's counterintuitive not, it's, you know, in general, not to aim at what you want to hit. It's especially counterintuitive to aim below, um, you know, aim low. Uh, you know, we most of us kind of understand the concept of distance, but, you know, rifles and that of, of aiming high. Um, aiming low is weird. Uh, I think I think for a lot of guys, it was also a wake-up call that you you need to try and be consistent in the slugs you shoot your gun. You can't go, oh shit, there's 30 rounds of slug at this match. Let me go buy 30 rounds of slug quickly. Um, you, you need to practice with slugs. You need to practice and see where they're shooting your gun. Uh, because BNP slugs and RC slugs, as an example, may shoot totally different points of impact in your gun. And if you're shooting a, a standard gun or a standard major gun, so, so a gun that doesn't have an optic or and generally doesn't have iron sights, it's not like you can adjust your sights. Um, and if you're shooting an optic gun, you, you, you kind of need to, I think the general sort of rule of thumb is to zero it with your birdshot because that's what we shoot 90% of the time. So you don't want buckshot that shoots dramatically off there where you've got to aim 18 inches left and 17 inches low. Uh, because that's just not workable. That's the reason I had to aim so low with the dot. Um, because I refused to zero my dot to the slug. Mm. Um, it seems like a great idea. And that's what I had done previously. But the previous slugs that I was shooting shot closer 
to uh, to the, the sort of center of the pattern of where my bird was going. These don't. And when I went to go zero it, I, I zeroed it with bird. And then I confirmed the slug and it was like, maybe I should just change this just a little bit. So I shoot closer to the point where I want to shoot with the, the slug. I was like, but then I would have been, I would have been quicker for 30 rounds of this match. Yeah. It's and slower, I would have been slower for 111. 113. Yeah. 113. Exactly. Like it would yeah. be, it would be silly to do that. So it's like, no, screw it. I'm going to, what I need to do is shoot bird and we're going to shoot that well. And the other stuff we're going to, uh, we, ha- we have a rough idea of where it shoots mm-hmm. and that really helps. Uh, but it, it's not going to be perfect. And that's, we'll have to generally in a forwardly direction. Hopefully. <sighs> generally, but sometimes not. <laughs> um, it, it, the thing we had on, I think it was day two, but I think it's quite an interesting sort of thing to discuss and I think quite an, a good lesson for, for sort of anyone who shoots competitively. We had a stage um, where there was a reasonable amount of side-to-side movement and there was a, a bear trap in the middle that activated a swinger. And the swinger was a double clay swinger. And the first shooter on our line who was a, is a really good shooter, she's, she's a really, really good shooter, ran through it, hit the bear trap, and the swinger didn't activate. So Oro stopped her, which is obviously always not nerve-wracking. She, she elects it to go at the end. Um, shooter after her had the same issue. I think we had two or three shooters where it didn't activate, and then it worked fine. Um, but then, and this was a, this was a scary thing, um, in her subsequent walkthrough, she stepped over the, the bear trap in her walkthrough to make sure that she wasn't activating it. Uh, you know, on, on her final walkthrough after they'd set everything. So buzzer goes, she starts the stage and she's crushing it. She gets the bear trap and she jumps, skips over it like she had been um, in her walkthroughs. And she she went over it like a gazelle. Uh, it was this efficient, beautiful little step over. She starts shooting, she gets the target. And because she'd had the, the range failure earlier, she just went, oh, you could see like her mind went, oh, shit, range failure again. She kind of, you know, dropped her gun down, didn't drop her gun, but dropped her gun down, sort of turned to the RO and looked at him. Now, he couldn't say anything, so he's standing there with a timer. And then you could just see that sort of, you know, the, the wheels turning and the she's like, what? And you could, you could literally see from her body language, why won't he stop me? Um, the, the thing hasn't activated. And like for a moment, it looked like she was trying to hand him her shotgun, and and eventually, she kind of walked over to the the bear trap and stepped on it, which activated the swinger, and then it, the wheels fell off, and there were reloads and match savers, and um, and it that that cost her conservatively ten seconds. Um, which on a 11 second stage is a lot of time. Um, so it cost her at least sort of 10, possibly more seconds added to her time. So it was, it's a really good lesson in knowing what you need to do in the stage. And just before her, the shooter who shot just before her, who is a very, very high end shooter, um, almost did the same thing. He jumped over it and you saw as he jumped over it, he did this like weird kick out with his, with his right leg to activate it. And my first thought was, 
dude's worked out some sort of magic timing here that if he does it just right, the and it turned out that no, it's that he as he jumped over it, he went, oh shit, I have to activate this thing, and kicked it. Um, so that was a really good lesson in kind of so, keeping focused and and also not assuming. You want to hear something funny? Mm-hmm. Different squad, not my squad, but different squad. Another shooter who shot that uh, Wimdan stage on day two with the thrown plays, with the activated one. In my moon boot. Stage, the stage you won, yep. In my moon boot. Uh, you have to say in my moon boot. In his moon boot, he won it. Thank and you. it wasn't like a an insignificant bit of movement, shall we say. Um, you had I mean, to I, run to win that I stage. S- I sucked them for the rest of the match, but that stage went well. <laughs> you had to run to win that stage. Um, so, and interestingly, also a female shooter that's not related. It's just I'm going to say she because that's just what it is. She stopped short. <laughs> of activating that right at the end because during her walkthroughs, she had stopped short in order to not accidentally activate it. Mm. Um, and she had the exact same thing where, why isn't it activating? Why isn't it activating? Why? Oh, sh- I'm not standing on it. And then oh. stomped it. Um, so the exact same thing happened. I'm not sure if any other shooters or in the other details had similar experiences, but you had two one where on the where slug stage huh. on the big slug stage yeah there was a bear trap halfway through so 22 yep. round stage and sort of in the middle there was a bear trap that activated a swinger and uh, i believe one of the top open shooters as well kind of ran up thought and, and said, said to me he's, he thought what the fuck is this doing doing in the middle of the stage jump sort of started jumping over it and then went <laughs> oh shit and then stepped on it <laughs> <laughs> so I can tell you guys what I do. Um, I make sure that I get to stomp whatever I need to stomp a couple of times before they reset it. And I'll give you a pro tip. Um, during one of my walkthroughs for a stage that I won, um, out of all the tube gunners, anyway, uh, I actually stomped the thing that they had already reset because I was doing my, my walkthrough and I was like concentrating and I need to do this and I need to do this. And I fucking better than the stage you want. Yes. I stomped that thing. And uh, then I had like the two arrows looking at me like, are you going to set that back up? I'm like, I didn't realize you had reset it, but yes, I will, re- I will set it back up. It's like I was planning and stomping this thing's part of the plan. So Sorry. Uh, it's important to add that sort of stuff to your visualization to make sure that you you include explicitly that you're going to stand on it or you're going to stomp on it or you're going to tap it with whatever you're going to do. Just be sure to include that. Um, that doesn't eliminate, but it makes it less likely that you'll skip over it. Um, you're, you're more likely to do the activation step. Uh, and, and if you are doing your walkthrough and you are stepping over it because, you know, that's the right thing to do, um, be conscious of the fact of be conscious of what you're doing and at least visualize I'm going to put my left foot here on the thing to activate it uh, as opposed to skip, skip, ha, 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 look how, look how sexy I was. Let me shoot. Not that I'm saying you shooters did that, but um, yeah. it's, something, it, it's, a, it's a really, it was a really good lesson and I, I felt I felt really bad because that that really hurt um, how that stage went, and 
it was it and then just and the problem is then it the meltdown sort of you know it, it just snowballs and it's then like you're rushing trying hurrying firing shots that miss having to do standing reloads thinking why the hell didn't he stop me um so yeah don't stop yourself uh, uh even if you have to run backwards and forwards looking for things to shoot if Thara hasn't shot stopped you um stop yourself uh yep. you know a, a less scrupulous shooter would have then run into the arrow. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that checks out. But, um, but fortunately, shotgun shooters are of the highest moral fiber. Of course they are. No. Uh, so I want to talk about one more thing that I saw that was uh, kind of weird and sort of in a similar vein to this. And then we can talk about the, the, the sort of stages and stuff more specifically. Um, on the stage where you had the retreat, shot the three things in the front, then retreated yes, yes, back, yes, yes, yes. shot stuff on the left, shot stuff on the right. It's like a big T that you were running in. Um, I was going to say that the other dick stage. The other dick stage, yes. Hmm. That's one. Actually, no, that uh, was the dick stage. Yeah. We, we had a shooter who... Uh, so I shot the front section like left, middle, right. I then left the shotgun in my weekend, mm. ran back looking down, looking back towards the, the, the squad. So the gun was facing downrange. I was facing the other way, ran back, tipped the gun over the barricade. As I came around, popped straight into my shoulder, shot the stuff and then ran to the other side and shot stuff. We had a shooter in our detail who shot the stuff in the front then kept both his hands on the gun with the gun facing backwards, mm. ran sort of sideways, crabbing down the, the passage. And then instead of going to the left, which would be the easiest way to manipulate the gun, decided to do this weird, I'm going to turn to the left to clear the gun of the barricade and then turn to the right oh. and then shoot that section of the stage and then go the other way. Um, if you see the dudes in your squad who are known to be long gun shooters do not that maybe you shouldn't do that either it is a clue <laughs> that just I, I had a awkward dude like awkward i had a really interesting moment of um get all tactical to me here training kicking in under pressure on that stage so <laughs> I was like struggling. I was sore and I wasn't concentrating and I was struggling to work out the most. So I was going to start at the front, run back, um, go to the right because that was the most efficient way to, to move because I'm right handed. Yes, the gun was exactly right. Shoot those targets and then shoot and then run left. And I'm trying to work out how am I going to run left? You know, I don't want to bang the gun into the barricade. Do I go muzzle up? And I, I'm walking and every time I walk through, I'm trying something different and the buzzer goes, I shoot it, I run, I turn to run left, and I do what I've always practiced, which just had literally did not occur to me until in the middle of the stage where I grab the gun in my left hand and I chase after it. Um, and yes. it had not occurred to me in the walkthrough. The buzzer went, and it was the best way to move through because you just basically hold it in your left hand, point and muzzle up, and you can – chase after the thing and then when you get to the, you know when you start slowing down you can grab it by the butt but it was just really interesting because it didn't occur to me i'm like yeah i'm gonna 
I want to go too high with the muzzle here, but I want to go too in case I bang my tube into a barricade. And it it was it was interesting. So I can tell you what I did there. So most of the shooters that I saw um, ended up with the gun in both hands, running sort of kind of weirdly. So with the gun sort of in your ready position, but tipped towards the the backstop a little bit at an angle. That looked pretty awkward to me, uh, mostly because you can't run efficiently that way. And two, you've got the muzzle barely clearing some barricades, especially if you're shooting a pretty long gun. Like if you're shooting a an open gun, it was probably fine. But if you were shooting a tube gun, it was a little bit more difficult. I literally just took my weak hand off the gun. Like effectively, the butt of the gun went into my, my ribs on the right-hand side. And it just went muzzle up. I looked like a cop trying to chase after criminals in like New York in the like 1950s or whatever with a shotgun. And that was fine. Like muzzle was in the air, but the gun was safe. It was pointing in the right direction the whole time. I could move efficiently. I could mount the gun properly when I got to the other side, like nothing weird. And again, you wouldn't believe how long it took me to figure out how to do that because you know how I figured out how to do that. Uh, I was... Okay, I have shot the stuff on the right. I need to go to the left. <laughs> <laughs> and like stuff happened. Like during the walkthrough, I was like, how am I not going to bash into this fucking thing? Because there's no space. And like when I shot it, the brain just went, it's fine. You know what to do. <laughs> What's funny is I have spent a whole lot of time practicing the running right to left, holding the gun in your weekend muzzle down range and chasing after it. Thing. And it didn't occur to me. Until the middle of the stage. So it seemed to work right. It's weird how that works. But as long as you... you I mean, I limped out. after it, but yeah, it worked. As long as it works. That's all good. Um, <laughs> let's... Uh, and schedules and all of that went through nicely. Sorry? Everything on time with the schedule and all of that, no big delays. Uh, we had We sadly had a reshoot... On day two, we had to reshoot a stage, um, which was unfortunate because I was leading the stage and then I fucked up the reshoot. Um, and that actually saved us a bit of a delay. Day one went really well. Day two, we had more squads than stages. Uh, and then I don't, I don't know if it was one of those things where the RO said, no, we're going to wait until it's your time to start or whatever. But we got to a, sta a stage and the squad, two squads in front of us hadn't started briefing yet. Um, fortunately, then the, the, the RM sent us back to go reshoot the stage we had to stage. So we didn't have a, a huge delay. But besides that, yeah, that, that went pretty smoothly, as I recall. So we had no delays on day one. Uh I think predominantly because we were the delay. Uh, there were some problems. With our, <laughs> there were some problems with our very, very first stage of the match, uh, where they. It took a lot longer to get through that than expected, um, due to some complications that we won't discuss here. But there were there were some issues, and uh, we we started quite a bit late in the other squads, and then we had people waiting behind us, uh, but we didn't have any waits. Um, on day two, we had no delays up to our last stage. And our last stage, we had to wait for two full squads ahead of us to shoot. 
Uh, so we, we sat waiting for probably an hour and 15 minutes or something like that uh, to shoot our final stage. Uh, that is not great for, uh, when I, I bungled the stage for, for different reason to this, but that's not great for uh, sort of keeping the, the effort going and you know, staying in the match and getting stuff done when it's like you walk up the stage and you're like, I have to shoot 16 rounds and I'm done with this match. And like, yes, in two squats time, you need to shoot two round, uh, 16 rounds to finish this match. It, uh, you could see the energy just slump in the entire squad. Um, that wasn't great. Yeah. The rest of it was fine. Yeah, there was no... Might as well be your first stage again. Yeah. So the rest was fine. That, that was the only sort of real delay that we had. Um, okay. That was all good. And That's then, not bad. Um, I have to quick plug it. No, I'm not getting paid for this. Uh, the boys at Rocksteady Gear loaned me their demo Maglode Nexus Pro rig to use for the match. So, you know, I did exactly what I tell everyone not to do and collected the rig on Wednesday night to shoot the match on Saturday with, you know. As you uh, do. As you do. Don't do not do that, boys and girls. Um, what an epic piece of kit. Uh, like a genuine improvement over my rig. Lighter, quicker, more consistent. That thing is freaking impressive. So big thanks to uh, Lance and Daniel. Or actually a bit of a fuck you because now I have to go out and buy one. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, it was it was a, a really, really, it's an impressive piece of kit that. Quinn uh, has been a fanboy for a while. Um, this was my first proper experience with one and it was amazeballs. Yeah, the, the Maglode stuff is is epic. Um, we even had a dude at the match tell me that he had the first one in the country. To which the answer was, no, you fucking didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Those are awesome. The Nexus Pro is, is even better than the one that I have. Um, that new lightweight backplate that they've got. Amazeballs. Uh, I think T's, you had a 28 and a 12, right? Yeah. So T's 40-round rig was roughly the same weight as my 28-round. And the difference there is literally the backplate. Yeah, that 40-round that rig was lighter than my 28-round. My um, yeah. And that, that makes a difference um, when, you, when you're carrying the thing around. Um, so uh, yeah, very very impressed. We we saw some 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 real big balls on Kharatyan uh, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. uh, with running some of the short stages where uh, we theoretically didn't have to load mm -hmm. without a rig. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. So he walked to the line with some shells in his pocket. He loaded the gun to division capacity and he shot the gun empty. Uh, he never ran out of ammo for any of those stages. But uh, I I walked onto plenty stages where I had enough ammo in the gun to not need to load with four extra shells on my belt so I could grab a quad yeah. because I did not feel my balls aren't as big as his, shall we say. <laughs> Little hamster balls. Even on a stage like that, I'm going to have eight rounds. You know, on a stage like that, I'm still going to have eight rounds on my belt. Um because you may need to reload and you may fuck up a reload. Um, 
And it's just to, to throw away, because like jokes aside, if something goes wrong there, that's not going, oh, shit, I'm going to drop from first to fourth on this stage. It's, I mean, unless there's four of you in the division, but uh, that that's, I'm going to, you know, drop from first to last because I can't finish the stage. Yep. Uh, that's madness. Yeah. Uh, big, big balls. Uh, he hooked up on all of those. So credit to him. Uh, just. It also, it, it's kind of like, you know, shooting a production pistol and running a 16 stage plan, a 16 round plan. You're probably doing it slower than you could have because you've perpetually got that thing in your head about, I can't miss, I can't miss, I can't miss. Uh, so, and if you do mess up a shot, I can't fix this. So the nice thing about this was that was the eight round stage with the four ports. Mm-hmm. And I think the 10 round stage with the uh, standing on the wobbly thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe the stage before that was the thrown clays. So we had enough ammo in the guns in mod. That you had mm. spare. yeah, spares, but you you didn't have a hell of a lot of spares except for the eight round stage. Um, yeah, I did not have the balls to do that. <laughs> yeah, little times the balls. Little, little, I mean, little. Even when I'm shooting handgun and I walk up to a nine round stage, I've typically got four magazines on my belt <laughs> with a person. No jokes. I do that too with pistols. I, I walk on to even like the smallest stages where you're shooting like eight rounds or whatever with a load from the drum. And you'll have dudes putting one mag on the drum because they'll only need one. And I will theoretically also only need one shooting classic. But I've got three mags on the drum and they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, mm. not only have I dropped mags and have guns failed, I have had magazines fail. Like <laughs> yeah. that mag doesn't cost me anything no, leaving I- it there. My rule is always at least one more mag than my stage plan calls for. Um, And generally two. It's one more if it's a big stage and there's going to be a whole lot of reloads and you just kind of get a point where it's not sort of reasonable. But, uh, yeah, if I walk up to an eight or nine round stage, I'll probably have two spare mags um, just in case because shit happens. Uh, and on a, you know what I think what guys forget as well is so you're shooting a nine round stage with a sixteen round gun, and shit happens and you have to reload for whatever reason. That we often see is guys going to panic mode and fuck up that reload because they're trying to do it so fast. And, and you see, I've seen, I mean, I've done it as well, where you see the mag going past the left grip on your pistol while you completely miss the gun, and the mag just carries on flying straight past the gun. Um, and and ends up where your empty brass is. Uh. No jokes. One of my earliest memories of shooting with you, matches with you, not training with you, was at Vector, where I saw you do a reload where you missed the gun, the magwell, your hand, and then you didn't let go of the mag, so it went straight down to the floor. Um, It went into orbit. Because yeah. you literally just was like, it's gone past, fuck it, and you threw it <laughs> and then reloaded. <laughs> yeah. Like in the next bay. <laughs> like hence have lots of mags. Uh, so that was kind of interesting. Um yeah, so we shot the wobbly thing. Uh one of those wobbly tables that you stand on with the the four chains, a wobbly platform. 
that I shot that just fine. Uh, I did have to wait for a second pass in the swinger, unfortunately, but beyond that, it was fine. Um, lots of guys who had never shot that with a shotgun were very nervous. Uh, and it turned out to not to be a big deal. Like even they shot it fine, but like dudes trying to shake the table while they were standing on it and stuff. Cause they need to simulate recoil. And like when I shoot the shotgun, there's almost no recoil cause I hold it. Um, so my legs won't be moving and they didn't. Those, those wobbly bridges, the way we shoot them here, where you, you start on it all set up are 99% a mental thing. Um, you, you, you're not wobbly enough that it's actually a challenge. The, you know, I've, I've seen matches in Europe where you have to jump on a wobbly bridge and then shoot in the middle of a stage. That's going to be a factor the movement wise because you don't have that time to settle down. But the yeah. way we started here generally, where you start on the wobbly bridge and you've got a chance to kind of get your feet in place and drop your center of gravity, and that actually don't really matter anything there. Um, I fucked up that stage because I was angry because I'd had such a good run that I was thinking, don't fuck up, don't fuck up, don't fuck up, as you do. Yeah. <laughs> that happens, unfortunately. Um, so interestingly, we had, uh, I had uh, two major malfunctions with my gun during the match, uh, issues with shells getting past the latch that keep the mag tube and locking the gun up against the uh, the lifter. Um, another shoot from my detail had significant issues shooting slug and to a lesser degree buck where they just wouldn't cycle the gun uh, reliably, uh, which was kind of interesting so it would eject the it would eject the fired shell but it wouldn't pick up the next one so it would be stuck on the lifter but the bolt would close so you'd have bang tsk, rack bang um lots of that uh he's gonna try 34 grams and see if that fixes it I'm not what not gun sure. was it redder that's interesting shouldn't need that with an initial gun yeah. Um, so he had he had issues on both the, the slug stages, and I think he had one issue on one of the buck stages. Uh, the bird shot it ran fine, which is curious. Um, we had a we had a gun that mysteriously did not run for uh, well, not mysteriously based on what it is, but we had a gun that did not run for a day and a half. Then. I think someone shook some oil in a container about three meters from it. And via osmosis, the fact that there was like oil in the vicinity, the gun started working miraculously. Um, turns out dry guns don't run, uh, especially not in dusty conditions like that. So there was a, there was a lot of lost time, a lot of lost points in, in shooting what was known in our squad as semi-manual. Um, <laughs> That's literally a couple of drops well fixed. Um, As expected, my my hashtag Beretta ran like a stabbed rat. Unlike um, its owner. No. He, well, he ran like a sta <laughs> rat that you'd stabbed like in its joint. <laughs> like its hip. <laughs> uh, I'm surprised Corn didn't get sworn at instantly. 
as was I. Um, I've, I've turned over a new leaf. I've mellowed in my old age, you fuckers. He's um, probably sent me a <laughs> message calling me all sorts of rude things. <laughs> what I did notice, and this is the thing that I notice at every shotgun match, and especially every shotgun nationals, where there's a lot of shooting and you see guys shooting slugs, the least reliable guns in shotgun despite my protestations, are not in fact box guns. They're the second least reliable. The least reliable guns and shotguns are Man. pump guns. Yep. You, If if you want to see guys deal with guns jamming, go watch the manual division. I don't, I don't care what the worm told you and what the internet told you and how everyone's told you how pump guns are the, like revolvers, they're super reliable because they don't rely on... Um, uh, you know, mechanics or anything, I just rely on you. Well, guess what? You're dumber than, than Italian engineering. Let that sink in. Um, the people who brought us Fiat's built guns that work better than you do. Uh, <laughs> I, it, I, you see it with every brand. You see it. I, I, I'm not saying every, every, every pump gunner has, has malfunctions throughout the match. But if you want to see the most malfunctions get cleared, go watch a pump gun squad. Yeah, uh-huh. which I know is completely contrary to to sort of um, you know what what's commonly sort of believed, but I've seen it enough now that I believe it. Pumpkins are a problem. Um, other things we saw: um, open gunners. There was one guy specifically who could not seat mags, uh, or at least could not seat one specific mag, uh, who would. At the load and make ready, he would kind of beat it into the gun and it would run. But he then, I don't know if accidentally or unknowingly, got that as a reload mag in one of the short stages. And disaster. Like getting the mag into the gun was was rough. Uh, And probably cost him more time to get the mag seated than it probably would have taken him to shoot the stage. That's when the mag needs to get a... uh like a stripe of red tape or something around it. Yeah. Or, or some sort of marking to let you know, only start with it or which uh, That was kind of unfortunate. Um, something else I want to mention that, that came from, from this match, even though we've seen it before, is if you shoot a popper and you know you hit it and it didn't go down, all for calibration. Um, no matter how uh, sort of time wasty you perceive it to be call for calibration uh we had a dude who left two poppers standing that he had shot not in the bottom and not sort of a, a glancing blow with three <laughs> pellets like he shot both of them in the face and then decided to not call for calibration because no one else had won the challenge on the, that stage during the day mm. um i would have still called for it because that cost him dearly on a stage that he ran really well. He then ended up eating minus five, minus five, minus 10, minus 10. He lost 30 points for stuff that he shot that should have gone down. I, I, I called for calibration on a stage and then the, the boss. Just that exact RM stage. Did, yeah. The boss at RM didn't shoot low enough on that plate. Um, so it went down. Uh, he's going to tell you that it wasn't a plate, it was a popper because he's not allowed to calibrate plates. Yeah, no, that's true. It was a mini popper. He's, he's pedant yeah. like that. Because yeah. I, uh, yeah, I called my shot on 
um, you're target focused. I know oh, it's, it's oh, 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 oh. Um, so I called calibration, which is not something I do very often, but uh, and I failed the call, but you know, that's because the RM didn't shoot it properly. Yeah, I, I would have still called for it even if I was going to fail it. Um, if I knew that I had hit it, I mean, don't be a dick and call for calibration or think that you had a clear miss on. Um, or if Can't you can see that game. you hit the base of the popper and it didn't go down, well, sorry, you can see where you hit it and it didn't go down for that reason. But Did you like shot the shotgun? The internet told me that. Funny story. I saw lots of dudes miss with shotguns this week. <laughs> I, in fact, even missed with a shotgun. Dun, dun, dun. I mean, it wasn't swinging targets, but I had to fix some of them. I had to shoot them again. Um, <laughs> curiously, and Gaz, you're still there. I'm here. He's going to sleep. <laughs> I, I thought he might have, because he didn't shoot this match, so he's probably bored stiff with us. Um, the throne clays at this match scored... Obviously, non, non-procedural mics, or no penalty mics, because they're disappearing targets. But they also scored double. So if you hit a thrown clay, you got two alpha instead of one. Um, nice. Now, That's pretty common because it makes it worthwhile actually shooting them. Absolutely. I like it, yeah. So interestingly, I could only find one dude in the... Uh, in Wimdan stage, the stage that you, you won, see... Hmm. Who no, purpose? No. Oh, that one, yeah. Who purposefully seemed? To, yeah, sorry, day two, not day one. Oh. Uh, who purposefully appeared to have left the throne targets because he had a blistering time and only sixty percent of the points available on the stage, and he was, um, shall we say, very far down, uh, even compared to guys who took sort of nearly three times as long as he took to shoot that because he didn't have the points. It, it's no, not often that not... Sorry, carry on, guys. No, I was I was just going to say you're throwing 20 points down the tube that someone else could... 40. 20. 20. 20 points. Two clays is 20 points. 20. Yeah, I, I mean... It is for me. You, you're throwing 20 points away that most shooters could reasonably get from what I'm understanding from it. And they no, weren't so you'd, have, shots. you'd have to be not two seconds faster than the guy who does shoot the clays. You'd have to be two or three times faster than that, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, that you know, I, I think that it's not a common stage where shoot where we're leaving the disappearing targets is worthwhile. Um, you know, it, it does happen, but as a general rule. You've got to be so much quicker that that it's not it's not really worth it, especially as you say in a situation like that where it's twenty points on what was what uh, one two three like an eight round stage I think so uh, ten had, round stage no it couldn't one, be a ten round stage because I didn't one realize. two three four five six seven eight rounds yeah okay so it's uh, ten because of the scoring double it was an eight round stage. Uh, Plus the two additional so, points. So, so it's an eight-round stage. So you either, but but because of how the scoring works, you're either shooting thirty points, or yeah, is that right? Yeah, thirty points or fifty points. Um, so you're throwing away almost half the points on the stage, which means 
you've almost got to be twice as fast. Um, yeah. So, so I'm just, you know, the, the, the other stage, also Don stage, on the first day, there were disappearing clays, and I, I had a blistering time on that uh, and missed the clays, and it, it hurt my results badly because I had a blistering time because I tried a plan that gave me less sort of opportunity to shoot the clays well, um, and I paid for it. Um, so he shot it in 6.47 seconds. Hmm. Six alphas and then the, the, the four no penalty mics uh, with a hit factor of 4.63. He had by far the fastest time, by far, which is why I think he's the only guy who chose to leave it. There are other guys who, who, who didn't score the clays, but the time would suggest that they probably tried to shoot them and didn't. Mm. Um, the, for contrast, the guy who won it, oh, sorry, he didn't have by far the fastest time, sorry. Yeah, Grant I mean, had the fastest to, time. Grant doesn't count. He's an animal. So the, the next closest time and the guy who came second on the stage uh, shot in 7.24, hitting everything. Yeah. Um, just for, for interest's sake, the guys immediately around the dude who shot it in 6.4, uh, the guy above him shot it in 10.7 and the guy directly below him shot it in 9.2, yeah. uh, which is a significant, significantly slower run. Uh, for effectively the same hit factor. Yeah, yeah, no, it's definitely. I mean, that. So yeah. No, no. Uh, if you if you look at it from this side as well, so the the guy who shot all the clays and he had the the second passes time was like a second off the guy who didn't shoot the clays. Yes, they yeah. were not hard targets. Like, and it and it wouldn't have cost you anything to to at least wang around at them. So the guy, the guy who left the clays would have to shoot that stage in three seconds, for, which would to justify leaving pretty, those. Pretty close. I think he shot what I've just put it down. But I think he shot like a fifty-four percent or something. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he we basically would have had you half the time. Yeah, uh, which would be close. physically impossible. Yeah, because you can't get the the combination of the swinger activating and the two clays activating. I think it was more than three seconds. Yeah, because I mean, Relatively. it was it was what a 10, 12 meter run to an activator, which then would take at least a second to activate the target. Uh, yeah, and you also had about a second delay on the clays coming out. Now the, it wasn't as if you see what I'm saying. Didn't shoot the clays. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. If, if you didn't shoot the clays, you'd still have to shoot a target, move ten or twelve meters, shoot. Two poppers will hit an activator, which which took at least a second to to activate the swinger. Hit one, two, three, four, five. Hit two poppers and a plate and the two swinging plates, um, all in about three seconds. Yep, not. Yeah, it's not. It's happen. it's not feasible, especially since you had. Um, you had a plate that you you didn't have to shoot it from where you started. It was a four-start position stage. You didn't have to shoot it from where you started. You could shoot it partway towards the, the area where you were activating stuff. But it, it was a disappearing target. So you couldn't, like, crack out at full sprint the moment that the buzzer went, cover 12 meters, and then shoot the stage. You still had something that you had to have a... didn't have to stop for, but I had... If you watch the video of me, I have a very slight pause... Sort of halfway up the run 
shoot it and then I continue. Um, I, I shot that from the start position. Yeah, no, I I set off moving and uh, and wanged on the way past. I mounted on that one because I know I can do it fast. Took it down, and then I shot the two poppers and the and the two claves all on the move. Um, yeah, so I shot that differently to you. So I shot the, that target on the move. I then ran all the way to the front, shot the stationary plate on the left. Mm. As I stomped the box, I then did popper, popper, clay, clay, swinger. Yeah, I, know. I shot the stationary target as I moved. I shot um, popper, popper, clay, clay, got to the front, stomped plate. And then as the swinger came out, I went boom, boom. So I'm curious now. And I'm pretty confident I beat you on that stage. I came eighth, you mm. came third. I shot a 75, you shot an 88, yeah. So you were a second quicker than I was, it looks like. Uh, yeah, 1.3 yeah. seconds quicker. Because yeah. you can, if you can shoot on the move, it's quicker than shooting stationary, especially with that big transition. Yeah, makes sense. Well, yeah, but it was, it was interesting. It was, it was interesting. Yeah. Overall, it was a good match. Um, it, it really was. Um, the I think having some slightly longer stages mm. would have been beneficial. Mm. There was a lot of 12 rounders. Uh, and some of the 12 rounders really benefited if you could move really quickly. And some of them benefited if you could shoot really quickly. Um, I think either having stages that had a little bit more round count. So there was a, not, not loading as a factor, but if there was some loading and some movement, you no, know, I think it would have been more interesting. Um, and I think having a, a truly big stage would have been interesting. The stage that I had to load on the most for this entire match was a 22 round slug stage. And for that stage, I had to do two quads. Yeah, I loaded, I loaded eight and eight, but you had, had a lot of time to load. As I said, there wasn't, there wasn't a lot of times where you were pressurized to load. Um, you know, it was, you had, if you had to load four rounds, you probably had at least two or three steps to do it. Um, and if you had to load eight rounds, you probably had more. So there, there wasn't a huge amount of pressure. And I think it was unfortunate that we didn't have any big stages. You know, if, if we had a, if we had a pistol match with no 32 round stages um, or a rifle match with no 40 round stages, guys would be pretty grumpy. Um, so I think a shotgun nationals without 20, 28 rounds, I think that was unfortunate. I think it would have been nice if, if we had have had uh, some more big stages. Um, you know, I, I like short and medium stages. I like the technical sort of aspect, but it's also nice to have a, a big sort of, you know, like extravagant stage now and then. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and, and especially with loading being a part of shotgun, as we've discussed before, it's not, it's not the whole game, but it is, it is part of the skill. Um, if you're using some of that great, big, expensive, beautiful loading belts you bought from Agload, um, it, it, you know, loading all the way along it is a different dynamic. 
yeah, to put that into perspective, I did not walk to the line with a box of ammo for a single stage. I could hold enough ammo on my belt to load my gun and have enough ammo left to finish stage for every single stage in this match. Me too. Which is which is uncommon. Yeah, but I had I, I, I had I had, <laughs> I had twelve rounds less than you on the belt, and I still was able to mm. to load the gun off the belt and have enough ammo to confidently finish every stage, which is which is highly uncommon. Oh. Because the most that I had to load was was literally two quads, um, and I mean I didn't have to load two quads. Well, I start with thirteen in the gun on the slug stage. The twenty-two round stage. Yeah. A thirteen plus eight is twenty-one, unless my maths has failed me. That's correct. But I don't think I did a second quad. Maybe I ran the match saver or something. Like I, I didn't do a second quad there. A third quad there. Did you not load eight somewhere? Yeah, I loaded two quads. No, no. I mean, after the first position. Load an eight as opposed to because running a match saver there would have been. Very stupid plan, since you had so much space to load. Yeah, I'm not very smart. We we know that. Th- no, that's, well, that's yeah. a fact. Um, yeah, that that was that was a departure from what is common at matches, even at club matches. Um, I'll walk the stage with a with a box of ammo to load the gun. It's also unfortunate that we didn't have a uh, an option three stage, and uh, which is a totally empty gun stage, um, because that's also part of the game. Uh, I think the wobbly bridge stage would have been a spectacular option three stage, and it probably would have got the bridge to would have got the bridge to wobble more as well. Fucking sadist! I love it. Hey, think about it. You measure. No, no, no. Your- I love it. Like uh, that would have been uh, frisky, shall we say? Spank me, spank me, <laughs> said the masochist. No, that kind of friskiest. Yes. Um, <sighs> Yeah, it was nice having some option two stages. An option three would have been nice, but it, it was good that there was some option twos. Um, obviously, the well for this match, both the option twos were grab the gun off the table. Um, kind of interesting. The advantage um, of that is it does stop the debate. You know, you, you get the aura who then decides that uh, no, no, that doesn't mean you can start with your hand on the charging handle, no matter what the briefing says. And the one who does, or you know, it's and then the one who doesn't notice the left side charging handle on your your box gun, or the fact that if you're shooting a pump gun, you're starting with your hand on the charging handle, and if you can't start with your hand in the charging handle, then with the pump gun, you should have to start with your hand not on the fore end. And um, so I think it does at least avoid confusion with that. Yeah, I don't think it was a bad thing. It was interesting that both were grab gun as opposed to having a one with start gun. In. But fair point, it, it does solve some of the the potential issues with with option two starts. Sometimes um, I can brain. Sometimes. <laughs> the rest of the time I'm your friend. Um <laughs> <laughs> you bish. Um, the uh, the food was great at the match. The coffee was spectacular. I'm told the coffee was really good. I didn't have any, but I'm told the coffee was really what? good. I offered you coffee. No, no, I, I didn't say I didn't have the opportunity to have any. Why did you just have coffee? Because I was monstering. 
So you can have both. You can't overdose on caffeine. It's a scientific fact. It makes you faster. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> scientific fact is coffee tastes fucking terrible after you've had Monster. That's why you drink the coffee first. That's impossible when you're. That's impossible when you're slaughtering a doctor on the way to the range. Well, then you have the coffee when you get to the range. And like slaughtering a doctor, like <laughs> out of context. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> add more context. The doctor drink from Monster. No, the coffee was great. Mm. The food was good. Uh, my hotel was lovely, except it had no cell phone reception. The beach looked very nice. I couldn't go down because I was in a fucking moon boot. Did I mention how much I hate the moon boot? In case you're wondering, I hate the fucking moon boot. I, I'm not sure that you mentioned that. Maybe you should mention that. Okay. I really, really, really hate the moon boot. <laughs> Our dinners were lovely. Place is pretty cool. Yes. Yeah, dinners were lovely. Um... Sounds like and, a good weekend. Oh, it was great. The, the restaurant we went to was maybe 150 meters from where we were staying. I mean, corners on the other end of P. I, I was on the other end of the planet. I had Nick, a Nikki, I had a 35 minute drive there and back. Nikki <laughs> and I could have walked if I could walk. Um, like You're going to have to add context to that one. <laughs> it was close enough that if I wasn't in the moon boot, the time it took to get in the car, start the car, drive there and get out the car after parking the car was probably longer than it would have been to just, to just walk Because I think we were 100 or 150 meters down the road from the restaurant, which was fantastic. <laughs> um, and they did a nice hack. They really did. And good chips. The chips were really good. And that's important. Yeah. What else? suppose congratulations are in order. T-Bag, you guys took standard to gold. Gold. Standard so gold. Yeah. We, and we, I wasn't we, the water boy. And you weren't the water boy. Yeah. So the, the EG standard team took gold. Uh, the EG open team took silver. Yeah. Uh, you took silver. I took as an individual. silver as an individual in mod. Andre uh, took gold, uh, his first presence medal, um, and he beat some some serious competition. Uh, he shot really well. Uh, also an EG Emerson, win, by the way, so an, another EG win. Yeah, yeah, EG win. So EG took first, second, third in standard. <laughs> Not that we're biased or anything. Um, and second and third in open. Yeah, uh, MZ shot really well. I mean, MZ came second in open. Grant Halley won open. He's a beast. Um, he took 10 stages of the 14, plus obviously the vision, plus presence medal, plus Sapsa medal. He, he shot like a demon, as did Andre. Um, yeah, Andre was impressive to watch. It was good to watch him shoot the match. Yeah, and he was um, like not, not only him, like everyone at the uh, prize giving were super happy when he, he got the announcement that he had won. Oh, yeah. Um, like standing like ovations and things for this dude going to the front because he was just the happiest dude you've seen your entire oh, life awesome. going up there and like. 
at Russell He's Force. worked really hard. He's worked really hard. Um, it's one of, and, and it's something we've discussed before, it's one of the great things about shotgun in particular is that there's a lot of guys rooting for guys they're shooting against, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, there's a there's a really good sort of dynamic of that. I mean, like, I, I was shooting against a lot of guys who are really good friends of mine. Um, and I was really happy to see Andre win. Um, it was a well-deserved win. He shot better than anyone else there in standard. And he's worked hard for it, so it was it was really really lucky. Uh, Demi did bloody good work considering the pain he was in, and you could see the pain he was in. Um, he was I I really there was a couple of times I was quite worried about him, so uh, he he did really really good work. So I would only get like the silver medal in in sort of high cripple. <laughs> <laughs> Fact, but you would still win high moon boot because he didn't have one of those. This is true. I saw him, he did not have one. So, Derek, <laughs> high moon boot, Demi, high cripple, uh, <laughs> surname, surname, uh, high first time open shooter with a shitty Turkish gun that actually worked. Yeah, that's not. Oh, no, like I'm sure it'll fail eventually. Um, uh, and eventually might not be far off, but it worked this time. Uh, he had I'm glad it worked. Issues. I'm really glad. And he seemed to get more confidence on day two. I think when he figured out that one, the gun was working, and two, he had the two slug stages that he was worried about behind the back hmm. uh, because he shot more aggressively and he shot damn well. Like he didn't shoot poorly on, stage, on day one, don't get me wrong, but on day two, he was, he was really hitting it hard. Um, yeah. He got screwed over a little bit with the uh, that that backstage with the far paper targets. Uh, he he ate a lot of mics on that stage. Yeah, and that'll fuck you because there was also not a lot of points there. Yeah, I think he took six mics on that stage. What interesting! Ouch! And it's like one share per, the man's pain for the whole world, you bitch. It's like one per target sort of deal. So it wasn't like he didn't hit the target; it's just a pattern just isn't there. So that was that was rough. But like I said, day two he he shot bloody well. Like confidence got a big boost, and he was he was hitting stuff hard, and he was doing a he was doing aggressive plans, which was good. Okay, I'm glad. Good news. Yeah. Awesome. Cool stuff. Okay, final thanks, Johan Kemp, dude. Thank you very much. You suck. Serious hard work. Um, we really appreciate it. I and appreciate the uh, stage. I shot well. And you shot down my plate on calibration. So he did that, like two things to you over the weekend. He did. Cost me a stage win, which cost me two places. And he didn't. No, so, no, Johan worked really, really hard. I'm like, we, we're really grateful for what he did. We love you, Johan. Also an EG member. Just saying. Hashtag. <laughs> Hashtag EG. Cool stuff. Gaz, do you want to tell us about uh, the club? Oh, yeah. Sorry, I was trying to process which club we were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you're Most important you're one. a chairman of. Yes, the club that I'm a chairman of. So, 
as always, we'd like to thank everybody for all of their support. And we'd also really like to show our appreciation for all of the guys who've got involved with uh, Terex Drill of the Month. There's all of those posts coming through and the interaction that you guys are putting on there is really awesome to see. Uh, so keep it up. And um, your Drill of the Month only counts if you rate us five stars because then you're part of the club. So from <laughs> when we do the first, the next Drill of the Month, if there's no five-star rating, your post may disappear. There you go. New rules made up on the fly. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to all the guys who've been writing us. We do appreciate it. I, I, I am curious about who our latest um, rater is. If you know who you are, hmm. um, shall we say the furry one? Yes. Won't you please let us know? Because the person I suspect denies it. Yeah. <laughs> Weirdos. Very. <laughs> Later, losers.